whakapiri mai, whakatata mai, tau mai rā ki te hui. Ko mihi ngā rangi tēnei, e mihi atu nei kia koutou katoa. Welcome to the hui, Māori Current Affairs for all New Zealanders. E taroake nei. It's the town where locals can't sit a driving test. How on earth did they think our kids were going to get licences? Leaving rangatahi in wairoa high and dry. It floors me that they could have just so easily taken away something that was really important. And setting them up for failure. You know, their first offence is probably a driving um, offence because they've got no licence, and then they, it just go, it spirals downhill from there. We ask ACT leader David Seymour why he's against teaching the history of colonisation in schools. My daughter, she was abducted by the other side. Then it's the indigenous sci-fi thriller receiving critical acclaim. As long as we have one piece of land, they will always come for us. We talk to Chelsea Winstanley and Ainsley Gardner about their latest film, Night Raiders. Putting ourselves in the future means that we're still here. And colonisation was meant to annihilate us, but we're still here and I just love that. Tahutimai. Sitting a driver's licence is considered a rite of passage. More importantly, it can be a vital pathway to employment for rangatahi. But in the Hawke's Bay town of Wairoa, tests for restricted and full licences are no longer available. Now a community-led initiative is providing a path for rangatahi to secure their driver's licence. But community leaders say they should simply be able to sit their practical driving tests in Wairoa. Kei John Boynton, ngā tai pito pito. Wairoa teen Meihana Kōtuhi is about to take his first official driving lesson. So the first thing I want you to do is get in the car, get comfortable, seek out mirrors, and then we'll go from there. Sweet ass. The 18-year-old is currently on his learner's license. OK, at the gate, we'll just stop. But he's practising for his upcoming restricted driver's test. OK, from here, we're going to turn left. This is where I want you to practise that left shoulder check before we approach the corner. But Meihana won't be able to sit his test in his hometown because practical driving tests were taken away from Wairua. It floors me that they could have just so easily taken away something that was really important. Wairua, like many small rural towns, doesn't have traffic lights or double lanes. It's thought this is the reason why drivers can't sit their restricted or full licence locally. So it means rangatahi wanting to sit a test have to go to either Napier or Gisborne, more than 100 kilometres away. How on earth did they think our kids were going to get licences? Denise Eaglesome Karekare says it's setting rangatahi up for a lifetime of failure. Young people will be pulled up because they're only on their learners or they've got no licence at all because we haven't got the facility here for them to sit that test. You know, why do you need a licence here in Wairua? You need a licence here because it's the gateway to employment. Um, and also, we've got a whole lot of rangatahi that live right out in the districts. Raupunga, Mahia, Nuhaka, Whakaki, Tuai. They need licences to get into town. And once they get mahi, they need licences to get to their mahi. You know, their first offence is probably a driving um, offence because they've got no licence, and then they, it just goes, it spirals downhill from there. 
It's long been a frustration for local Mayor Craig Little. A lot of our whānau don't have vehicles that are even warranted to get to Gisborne, so then you've got to have someone take a day off work to take you up to Gisborne. So that the cost to, to wire alone is just, we just can't afford it. We've taken the bull by the horns and thought, we're not going to sit back and just not help our kids with this. We're going to do something about it. And what we've done is working. What Denise is doing is running a driving program for 16 to 24 year olds through the Wairua Young Achievers Trust. They pay for Rangatahi to sit their license, provide driver education, and then transport them to take their practical test. For the last 12 months, we've helped Rangatahi get 63 learners' licences, 48 restricted, and 27 full licences. So we've provided a pathway to help them get that licence, and we don't give up. Drive instructor Clint Whitewood travels from Napier to help teach students. How long have you had your uh, full licence for there, John? Uh, five years now. Five years, oh, I'm expecting uh, great things then. Great things, no pressure. Uh, so how about we go for a bit of a drive? Relax, relax, it's all <laughs> nervous. No, no, you'll be fine. He's taking me on one of his typical driving lessons. You know, for Rangatahi Māori, what do you find when they start on these courses? For the majority of them, they actually have spent considerable time already on the road. Okay. Which isn't ideal, I mean, they're driving unlicensed. So I'd like to see a left on it. Yeah, fail. No. <laughs> Even with a full licence, taking a driving lesson is stressful. And how do you see the confidence growing in Rangatahi from when they first take their first lesson with you to, to when they gain their licence? After each lesson, I can see the delight in what they've picked up in, in the short time that I'm with them. And obviously the end goal is the licence. So would there be a pass or a fail? I feel like it would be a fail. <laughs> oh, tad rusty, but um, I'd be happy to give you a, a tick in the box. Oh, Thanks, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of anxiety when it comes to sitting for your test, so some will, won't pass because of that, and we help them go back. So we don't give up. We, we keep going until they get that licence, and as long as they don't give up on us, we won't give up on them. The Trust works closely with the Wairua Police Station who refer a number of people to the course. I joined Senior Sergeant Maui Aben on patrol, who says the number of whānau without a driver's licence is a big concern. Unfortunately, it's across the board. It's not just the rangatahi, it's adults. We know some people have been driving for years and years and years and years and uh, don't have a driver's licence. Is there more of a relaxed attitude towards licences in rural areas? For some of the community members, they, they may think that they don't need it, but they actually do. Because uh, the licence is not just about having a licence, it's also about the skill that you're being assessed on when you, when you go driving. You know, our roads are a dangerous place, and we should be doing everything we can to be safe on our roads. That includes getting the training necessary to, to be a good driver, that includes getting driver licensing. Whenever we do any manoeuvre, such as a right turn or left turn, I want you to conduct a shoulder check. What I learnt on this course is probably being more cautious on the roads. Something bad could happen, I could crash into someone, and like they taught me how to be like 
more cautious around my area. May Hana Kōtsuhi is trying to learn from his past mistakes after running into trouble with the law for not having his licence. What trouble did you get in not having a licence? Got a fine for having passengers on a learner's licence and driving with no L plates while on the learner's licence. And those both were a bit of money. Sounds like it's really stunting their development. Oh, it is. It's, it's these young ones, you know, you just, you, you see their lives open up when they get a licence. But of course, a lot of them get their licence, but they've got so many fines and things like that, that they're in catch-up mode. You imagine if you've got all these fines, how are you ever going to buy a car for a start? Still got the old signage and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where Mayor Little wants to see Rangatahi being able to get their restricted and full licence at the former Wairua Driver Licensing Test Centre. So it's all set up to go? It's all set up to go. That was, it was going until they removed it overnight, basically. The Hui contacted Waka Kotahi about the lack of driving test in Wairua and were told, when it was last reviewed, Wairua did not offer the variety of road situation or traffic volumes required to meet the restricted driving test conditions introduced in 2012 to improve young and novice driver safety. Waka Kotahi is in regular contact with the Wairua District Council and community leaders. This includes the request to reinstate practical driver testing in Wairua and possible short-term training solutions to help novice drivers prepare for tests when they travel out of region. But Mayor Craig Little says they have offered solutions to the problem. Even the local contracting company, QRS, has offered to put up temporary traffic lights once however we need them so the kids can get their licences. We've done the best we can to, to find a way forward for our rangatahi, and I believe we've done an amazing job doing that, but we still need the testing back here. And we're not asking for five days, we're saying give us two days. Two days of testing in Wairua will make a huge difference making a huge difference for rangatahi such as Mehana, who's sitting his restricted test this May. I guess if this course wasn't here and maybe you got pulled over by the police, do you know where your path might have led? Oh, I reckon my path would have led just to heaps of fines, heaps of court dates, probably some end up in the cells. But now I reckon I'm going somewhere here with my life. After you said you're restricted, you know, where, where do you want to go from there? So after my restricted, I'd like to be a truckie, to, so you can travel everywhere around the world, hopefully get a good job, good money and fuddy. A driver's licence holding the key to his future. Na John Boynton, tērā pūrongo. Hei muri ngā whakatairanga, ka kōrero ahau. Kia David Seymour. Act leader David Seymour is calling for a referendum on co-governance arrangements with Māori and railing against teaching New Zealand history in schools, claiming the curriculum is divisive and all about colonisation. In a speech delivered to the Milford Rotary Club, Seymour said, a referendum on co-governance will be a bottom line in any coalition talks after next year's election. To discuss further, I'm joined now by the MP for Epsom, David Seymour. Tēnā yeah, so you're calling for a referendum on co-governance arrangements uh, with Māori at the next election. Why is it a bottom line for you? 
Well, let's just start with the, the beginning. Uh, the Treaty of Waitangi is a great document. It's the foundation of our nation. Uh, what's important is how we view it from 2022, 23 and beyond. Uh, we have had over the last 40 years, uh, a combination of the courts, the Waitangi Tribunal, uh, the public service and some politicians transform it from a guarantee of property rights and uh, a commitment to right past wrongs by saying, look, this specific thing was taken wrongly in these specific events and should be returned in some form of redress to a much wider compact that there are effectively a partnership or co-governance arrangement that pervades all aspects of public life between two ethnicities. Okay, cool. Let's and talk I, about I that because uh, most of our audience will know about Te Tiriti, but let's talk yeah. about what you want to do. So the co-governance arrangements that, say for example, the referendum and New Zealanders voted, you know, more than 50% and so you, you have a decision to, you know, get rid of co-governance. The, the ones that are there at the moment, I'm talking Ngaitahu, Waikato Tainui, uh, Whanganui River, Tuhoi, will you reverse those? Well, no, and that's why what I was saying a moment ago is important, uh, because there are examples of specific settlements of specific wrongdoings in the past that have been resolved by saying that we'll have co-governance um, over, for example, uh, the Maunga in Auckland. Um, that's OK. You could make the argument that actually those assets should have been returned in full. Uh, but what is important is when it comes to the boards of Crown Research Institutes, uh, the boards of state-owned enterprises, the management of three waters and healthcare, uh, those were things that did not exist in 1840. So by insisting on co-governance for those, the current government is moving to a whole new paradigm. And I so, believe so, it's inconsistent. So how does co-governance disadvantage Pākehā? Well, it doesn't, it's not about disadvantaging people, it's about what we want to be as a country. Uh, do we want to be a modern, multi-ethnic, liberal democracy that has equal political rights and opportunity for all? Uh, or do we want to be something a little bit different, an ethno-state where your political rights and your place in the country depends on birth? And I think that latter vision uh, will not just disadvantage Pākehā, it will disadvantage all New Zealanders, because we won't be uh, the kind so, so of just, positive and just inclusive to be clear, going forward, Just to be clear, there, there's a couple of uh, big iwi, uh, your one in Ngāpuhi, my one in Maniopoto, they're unsettled. Going forward, will they have an opportunity to have co-governance models? Well, it's quite possible that if there was to be a settlement uh, and it was found that a particular piece of land or asset uh, had been wrongly taken and that there should be redress, uh, then one of the arrangements might be co-governance. Um, that's, that's So yes very... to co-governance, even if you were to get into Parliament. So there will still be some co-governance. Well, I think that's, what, that's why I started. And, you, you know, you said people already understand um, the, the Tiriti, so there's no need to explain it. Actually, I think it's becoming clear in this interview that there is. Uh, a, a real need to differentiate settlements of past wrongs, uh, which do need to be addressed and which we've always supported addressing, and how we go forward with the political rights New Zealanders are born with and the role of the treaty and the role of race relations in public life. Uh, we're opposed to co-governance as the presumptive way that democracy okay. should be done in New Zealand. So, we think democracy means one person, one vote. So. Uh so, say, for example, the referendum is successful, you then want to bring in the Treaty Principles Act, which will say what? 
Well, it says first and foremost that everybody in New Zealand has the same uh, political rights and duties, that discrimination along the lines of ethnicity is illegal, uh, and that political power should come from democratic means, meaning free and fair elections, with a universal suffrage. And that should be one of New Zealand's proudest achievements, the idea that every adult New Zealander has the same basic... We, we already right have that. We already have that. And, and um, my, my, I guess the question is, what was wrong with the last interpretation of the treaty principles? Well, it, actually, we, we don't have that. And it's being removed from many different public entities, from councils, uh, from ECAN as we speak uh, in Parliament right now. It's been removed from the proposed governance of Three Waters. It's been removed from the governance of healthcare. What you are so, seeing... So yeah. what was wrong with the, you know, what was wrong with the treaty principles, the interpretation or the understanding of what Te Tiriti was prior to this new act that you're bringing in? What's wrong with it is that it results in an abandonment of liberal democracy. It creates a New Zealand that does not have a place for all. You know, we're not just Māori and Pākehā. This is not 1950. We're a modern multi-ethnic society that should be inclusive. But we are Māori and Pākehā. Uh, uh, well, Māori actually, and Pākehā you know, both people, signed a tiri, people have many tiriti. different backgrounds. And what we want is to be a country that people can say, look, you know, no matter who you are, you have an equal place here. Uh, we're moving away from that because in just about every public governance role that this government pro pro uh, proposes, uh, it says, look, there's some seats at the table reserved based on ethnicity and everyone but, else but has you'd, to But acknowledge that uh, Māori, that, that Māori and Pākehā have a special place in Aotearoa, given that they signed the treaty in 1840, to, uh, the founding document of this country. So when you're going to change an act or bring in a law called Treaty Principles Act, you would think that you'd be engaging with Māori and Pākehā to work out what that might look like in the future. So who have you engaged with? Who are your Māori treaty experts? Well, I think that's the problem, is that you believe that this is an agreement between collectives. I believe that it is a, an agreement that says everybody has the same rights and duties. So did you consult or engage with anyone who's a Māori treaty expert? Well, no, I didn't, and I, do, I reject that whole idea uh, but that your, people but, have but, but, but the foundation expertise. of your new act is going to be te tiriti, and you're leaving out a whole group of people which are Māori who obviously have well, a relationship to that te tiriti, given 579 of the rangatira signed it in 1840. Why would you leave well, them out of it? Well, <laughs> because I believe that first and foremost we are human, and the whole point of this is that we reject the idea that people have a particular it, it is the opposite, right but it's the opposite of, of what's written in Te Tiriti, which is Teno Rangatiratanga, which is self-determination. It's the opposite. When you make new laws without somebody at the heart of it, who, like Māori at the heart of it, it actually sounds like colonisation again. Well, what it, what it sounds like is that people who are born into this country have the opportunity to chart its destiny and they have the right to vote in a referendum that says all people have the same political rights. Uh, I think that is a magnificent way to live. In fact, liberal democracy is the best way that humans have discovered to organise themselves. And the idea that you get to hold it to ransom because of who your ancestry happens to be, uh, that is incompatible with liberal democracy. So I agree with you that, you know, or I can see at least how you're yeah. going to be frustrated with that if your starting belief 
is that some people have more rights than others. I reject that. Thank you very much for your time. Thank Kia ora. You. Next, we talk to filmmakers Chelsea Winstanley and Ainsley Gardner about their new sci-fi thriller, Night Raiders. Auraki mai anō. It's the first feature film co-production between Māori and First Nation creatives and ambitious exercise to make a movie in the midst of a global lockdown. Night Raiders has received critical acclaim. The dystopian thriller is produced by our own Chelsea Winstanley and Ainsley Gardner and is now screening nationwide in Aotearoa. I rawa, Rawani Pereira. My daughter... She was abducted by the other side. Night Raiders is a futuristic thriller about a First Nations mother on a mission to rescue her daughter from a state-run institution. Are you ready to give yourself to your country completely? Your daughter won't be the same person when she comes out of the academy. Produced by Wahine Toa, Ainsley Gardner and Chelsea Winstanley, it's the first joint co-production between Māori and Indigenous Canadian filmmakers, creating a powerful collaboration of cultures. As long as we have one piece of land, they will always come for us. One of the biggest strengths really is just when we talk about that shared experience. Yes, there's a shared experience of colonisation and we all understand that mamai and what it's done and we can, we can share in that. But we can also share in maybe the positives too and we can look forward together and we can actually participate in something where we have ownership of that and ownership of our own stories. And together, you know, we can make a bigger impact. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, is, is that a child? No, 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 it's okay, it's okay. Written in 2016 by Cree descendant Danis Goulet and set in 2043, the film features a virus and border closures, concepts well ahead of their time, but now all too familiar. Chelsea, does it feel kind of surreal as everything was unfolding at the same time? Yeah, well, actually, it's kind of weird because I read the script back in 2018. Stuff that you just weren't even thinking about at the time. But now, to think of it, it's like, was she a matakete just seeing into the future? Because here we are now experiencing that, not only the virus and everything, but also, you know, the residential schools, what happened there. So it's quite amazing, but it's... What, what I love about that and what she was doing is she's bringing it into the now and it's relative. Everything that happened in history, even, you know, that stuff is actually relative now and we need to talk about it. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing about being Indigenous is that we are both um, able to confidently see into the future, whether you are matikiti or just because we have that kind of um, forward-thinking mind and that the, the past is so important to us in terms of what it teaches us and um, our whakapapa. The film boasts the biggest budget for an Indigenous film. Tangata Whenua bringing a new lens to the sci-fi genre. You know, mm. we don't want to always tell stories about our trauma and being in a gang or set in the 40s. We, we want to capture all of the themes and the kind of experience and the whakapapa of those stories and then find a a new way of telling those stories. What was the kind of effect of um, the borders closing and having this co-production where one is one, one side of the world and the other? 
So, you know, with COVID hitting in 2020, we had to completely restructure how we did it. So I have literally never met the other two producers on this film. I know them so well. I've spent so much time talking to them, but I never stepped foot in Canada. While it was forced upon us, I think we embraced it and it actually, rather than being a limiting thing, it reminds you that we're able to work together in all places in the world. Yeah, and Indigenous people have always had to adapt anyway, like mm. constantly changing or having to learn the ways of the other and really, we're really good at it, we'll master that. And now it's time for perhaps, you know, a, a reverse angle, come and, come and be part of our world. And Wynne Stanley is broadening her world, enrolling in an immersion Reo Māori course at Te Wānanga Takiura. The beautiful thing about doing something full-time like this is that it's not just uh, learning language. There's so much more you're able to discover. And I just love it. I'm, like, literally in soaking up this reo, and not just the reo, the tikanga as well. I think it just changes you. And uh, perhaps it's more like a confidence thing too, like... Um, I know it's something that's always held me back in a way or I've not felt adequate enough to participate fully in that world and I think this is going to enable me just to have that little bit of extra confidence. What you see it was pioneering you filmmaker Merita Mita who was a mentor to both Winstanley and Gardner early on in their careers. The project speaks to the very heart of the legacy Mita left to decolonise the screen encouraging Māori and women to make movies. What do you think she'd think of the movie? Oh, I think she'd be so proud yeah. to see something in the future. Putting ourselves in the future means that we're still here. And colonisation was meant to annihilate us and forget about us and we were meant to be erased, but we're still here and I just love that. And that's exactly what she was doing and had been doing her entire career. She was hugely strategic and one of her kind of most strategic um, goals was to create these global Indigenous friendships and partnerships so that we would get to the place that Night Raiders brought us to, which is working together meaningfully, um, bringing finances together to tell a story. So it was a very visionary step that she started doing that decades ago, trying to build these relationships amongst us so that we would be able to come together in this way. The pair say the best way audiences can support Indigenous women filmmakers is to watch their stories on the big screen. It's all very well to go, oh, yeah, now I'll wait and see that on Netflix or something like that. It's, it's actually not how we're going to have more of our stories made because we need to show, we need to change the minds of the distributors and the exhibitors. They're really the ones that hold a lot of power in this whole kind of chain of filmmaking because they're going to decide how long that film's going to stay in the theatre, the distributors are going to decide, I don't know, shall I support that film? So we actually have to show them that, yeah, you should keep it in the theatre. You should support this film because we want to see it. So go ahead and see it. Koe keia kōrua. Hei tērā wiki riru whenua tū, hoki whenua mai. Putting right a past wrong. It's a form of reconciliation. There's many things still to happen but it's the journey of healing as well. It's been super humbling because we're just like, we're just trying to do the right thing. We meet the Tauranga couple returning millions of dollars of church land back to mana whenua. It's coming from the heart of people that have learnt about our history or taken the time to learn about our history. 
We live in a city where most of the land that we see was taken or what has not been used for the purposes for which it was given originally. That's caused a great division and we want to see a coming together in our city. Te puna whakatongarewa te hui i tautoko.